named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency podcast. My name is Mark Worrell. I am joined with Sam Hunter. He is back in the UK the day after the Queen's funeral. A coincidence? I think not. How are you, my friend? <laughs> good morning, Mark. It's nice to say good morning and actually be in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, for the first time in like five months, I think. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I feel like I'm beating jet lag at the moment, which is a good place to be. Um, and yeah, very, very sad and strange day. Yes, I actually landed uh, just after one o'clock. So right as the sort of funeral had finished and the procession was beginning uh, and there was not a black cab nor a tube <laughs> working at Heathrow. So me and a few thousand other people kind of just stood around Heathrow for a couple of hours. Uh, waiting for something to happen uh, so I felt I felt worse for like people who were there with families who were all pretty exhausted after however long their journeys were um, but I also understood that it was it's a pretty strange day so if things were gonna be delayed it was going to be yesterday so that was sort of the mindset that I went into it which is why I kept my cool and just put on a playlist from 2003 and like zoned out and just went to my happy place yeah it's, it's incredible it's I I took the kids out at some stage. It was a bit like a ghost town. There was no one anywhere. I think everyone was glued to the telly watching um, what I thought was a completely captivating, you know, performance from so many. And just, I thought it was, you know, a fantastic, marvellous celebration of the Queen's life and her service. So I thought that we could just talk a little bit about that um, today. I can't profess to be, you know, an expert, but I've been thinking over the last couple of weeks, I suppose, that what a shining example and actually how can we learn things from that, not just as estate agents, but also as human beings. So those are a couple mm. of things that I wanted to talk about anyway. And then watching yesterday, I thought it was um, such a fantastic day um, and a great celebration that actually there's a lot of things that we can learn from that in, again, in business and in and in life. So we've got a couple of points to to talk about that. I know you're pretending that you're at Heathrow. We all know that you were there as one of us, Australia's greatest exports, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so um, the, the first thing, and we talk about this a lot on, on this show, um, the one of the first things, the, long, the longest reigning monarch in our history, 70 years, mm. phen phen phenomenal. Um, and there's two things in that. Uh, one is consistency. One of our favourite words, you know, she was not just consistently there, but consistent with the message, consistent um, in the themes that and how she sort of ran ran the country. I think there's an awful lot that can be said for not just the longevity, but the consistency of Her Majesty. I think it was just, and if we can try and be anywhere near as consistent as that, then I think we can learn an awful lot, and I think it'll, you know, help you in in your professional life but also your personal life to have that level of consistency yeah i mean uh i think 
it helps showing up every day if you've got a driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you're exactly right. Um, and when, when you sort of said to me, this is what I think we should talk about today, uh, my first thought was like, is that going to be um, perhaps a little like too soon uh, for the Queen's life? But actually, you're exactly right. There, There are so much, like the reason why everybody not just in the uk but in the world was watching that funeral yesterday except for however many hundred people on the plane that i was on four billion people apparently wow four billion 4.1 billion people i read this morning yeah so more than half the population of earth watched the funeral of one person yeah incredible right so there is what like without a shadow of a doubt things that we can all take away from that um and and consistency is the favorite word that we have on this show right um Mm -hmm. and it's we talk about it in the sense of winning new business. Um, but actually consistency is how you like have relationships and not like, I, I don't have a, a personal relationship with the queen, but I would have watched that funeral if I had the opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, out, out of the 4.1 billion people, 4.1 and slightly less didn't have a personal relationship with the queen, but they all had a relationship with her. Because she was ever present, she was always there. You knew what you were going to get. Um, she was the way that she was because I guess that was probably bred into her and taught into her. But actually, that's that's the benefit of preparation and training and mm. like learning about uh, what you've got to get done and and how you're going to do that best. So, yeah, if you keep showing up every day, good things are going to happen to you. And if you keep showing up every day, people are going to understand what you're all about and what they can expect from you as well. And if people know what they can expect from you and you deliver on that, then you're never going to leave anyone disappointed and you give yourself every opportunity to surpass expectations. I remember when, when she just passed away, there was rolling coverage in Australia and my mum was staying with us because she was a bit unwell. And actually uh, as, as uh, cold as this will sound, it was a really nice distraction for my mum to not sit there and think about herself for three yeah. or four days and she just she just watched the the coverage of the whole thing and there was a bit where they showed the queen and on her first visit to australia when she was in her 30s i think and it was a very sort of regal visit she came in on a boat did all that sort of stuff then she came back like five or six years later and the difference was in the in the images the first one she was in a car getting driven down the streets ticker tape parades all this sort of stuff everyone yeah. waving second time she was walking down the streets uh, and she's shaking everyone's hands and she was shaking the hands of women who look just like her yeah. and talking to them and they're all giving her flowers and everything like that. And I think that shows you, she understood like how to win the hearts and the minds of people by, yeah. by interacting with them rather than sitting in you. And actually I think that's what Charles did really well. So he's now, his job is now to be as consistent as his mum. Yeah. Or to try and, to be. Yeah. yeah. And so he was a grieving son, but he, he put his duty first and he went out and he shook hands and kissed babies and, and did all that sort of stuff. Right yeah. now, the cynicist in in any of us could argue that he did that for image, mm. but it was probably what he needed in a time of grief as well. And he understood the power of being consistent and he understood whatever unexpected of him. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to let anyone down because that's, you know, unfortunately, as sad as he may have been, that's his role as king. And we're going to talk about uh, always showing up. And you, you make a really good point there because, you know, King Charles and the whole family have shown up 
I've not seen a great deal of it over the last week. I don't watch the news. I've just been really, really busy, but I sat in front of the telly all day yesterday. But over the last 10 days, they've shown up when almost certainly they didn't want to. Mm. And that was the thing from the Queen. She was working on the Tuesday and she passed away on the Thursday. And you can see with the photos of her hand and everything, whilst they had a fantastic makeup job and she looked quite well in the face, in her hand, you could see that she clearly she was quite poorly at that stage. But she showed up and that we can learn from because it's not just, you know, always showing up, but it's showing up when you don't want to. Um, And maybe when you don't feel 100%, and those are the things that, that, you know, she's reigned for 70 years. The fact she was still working two days before she died will be, you know, just one part of her legacy. But it's something that's been talked about, you know, probably thousands of times over the last 10 days and will continue to be to be talked about. That showing up when you don't want to, I think, is really, really important. I think so. I, I We spoke about this a few weeks ago where... I was reading this this book about consistency and it was like if you only did things when you wanted to do things nothing would ever happen. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's a bit like buying flowers for your wife or your girlfriend or your husband or whatever on Valentine's Day. Everyone does that, but if you just buy flowers from them randomly, like one of the guys uh at home search just got married. Um and they had a really traditional sort of like Pakistani wedding. And so they had his family and the wedding, her family and the wedding, and then they had a sort of more Western wedding as well. So yeah. three weddings, four weeks apart. It was a really intense time. Nice. And I was having a chat to him last week and I was like, okay, so you've done the three weddings, you've had your honeymoon, you're back, how are you feeling? And he's like, yeah, it's a bit of a mountain to come down off. And I said, <laughs> what you need to do is go and buy your wife flowers today. <laughs> and he's like, why? And I said, because one, she won't be expecting it. And two, she's going to be feeling like she's come off that cliff as well. I, I just thought back to our wedding. We were up for so long, like we went back and all that sort of stuff. And the last thing you want to do after you've gone through an intense period of being like romantic and all it is keep doing it because you're just knackered. Yeah. Um, but if you can show up for that moment and again, like at work, right? The last thing that you want to do at the end of a long day, like this morning, I messaged you. <laughs> it's like, I'm feeling pretty good. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Could I be in bed right now? Yeah, hundred percent. But that's okay. <laughs> You know, I'm like one oat latte away from being ready to rock and roll. And and if you want to to succeed, and I don't love that word, if you want to progress in life, you just got to keep doing the work. Like I went for a run this morning. Nice. Um, yeah, because that's kind of who I'm trying to be. I'm not yeah. going to say that I'm a runner, but that's I, I want that to become part of me. So I've got to show up and do it. Yeah, when um, you definitely don't want it. Yeah, absolutely. And And like I'm proud of myself for that and i think you know uh coming back to the queen you know she knew she had to do that and Mm -hmm. she knew she had to get a photo and her staff knew she had to get a photo and all that sort of stuff so imagine how nervous they would have been been like right we've just got to get a standing because she couldn't have been in in the greatest health but she was there so there's there's huge power in that if you think about from a state agency perspective if you've had a long day and you've got evaluation at 7 p.m that's the last thing you want to be there and you want to be there with your kids, right? Now, aside mm-hmm. from structuring your time, maybe a little bit better to protect some of those, you've got to show up and you've got to be your 9.30 in the morning best self at 7 p.m. at night because that's that's the other side's only experience of you. Yeah. You know, and I bet you Liz Trust didn't know the Queen was unwell. I bet you she walked yeah, out of there and it was one of the highlights of her entire life. Yeah, but you're right. 
Um, so yeah, that like you you just got to be there and that, decide like, who you are, and that becomes part of you. And from an agency perspective, you talk about valuation late at night. I think part of it is <clears throat> perhaps making the phone calls that you don't want to make, not yeah. putting not putting them off till the next day, having those conversations it might be delivering bad news or um you know it might be delivering no news in the case that you've got a house on the market you're not getting much interest it, it might just be having a conversation say look you know we don't know where we don't know where we are those are some of the conversations that can lead to price reductions and um i think just doing the stuff that you don't necessarily want to do but know you know what you've got to do because most estate agents know what they're going to do mm. so it's actually just pick being brave enough to pick up the phone um being aware enough to turn up as you say as your half nine self rather than your seven o'clock at night self um, and actually doing the hard yards and doing it consistently mm. um, but so a little bit about the life and a couple of lessons there the funeral you did you unfortunately um, couldn't watch it but as I said I was sort of blown away by how captivating it was the military processions but the thing that really I wanted to talk about is the preparation that has gone mm. in that has gone into that you know there's, there's no way that they've just put that together in the last 10 days and i was <laughs> i was um reading something that said it's been 20 years in the making wow um and you know there's certain people whose role it has been to to plan that and that is a massive event watched by over 4 billion people nothing was going to be allowed to go wrong mm. but you've got to prepare for that and prepare for it properly And, you know, all of the military processions, all of everything went down to a T in, I suppose, in honor to the majesty and all of that. But it doesn't happen without the preparation. And that preparation didn't just take 10 days. No. And I think um, in your notes you've written here, you've said like practice makes perfect, but you got to practice in private. Um, and, And I think, the reason why people would have been so in awe of, of what they saw yesterday was because of how precise yes. it was. Um, and everyone, like, I, I think it's it's anyone other than the and then Brits that will talk about this. But uh, you grow up and you you hear about British like pomp and ceremony. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in the most respectful way because yesterday was was probably the the primest example of that. And mm. it's because. It's so well rehearsed. It's like if you go to watch Hamilton or something like that, yeah. it's perfect because they practice it all day, every day for a year. And then they perform it twice a day for as long as it is. Right. Yeah. So, and, and there is a massive lesson in that of, and we've, we've talked about this on this show many times, you know, estate agents are too often given a job and then on day one, they can go out and show a house. Mm. In some cases they can go out and try and value a house as well. And they sit there and they're like, what do you want? I don't know. And they wonder why it it can like devolve into a bit of a shambles um, because there isn't that. So how important is practice in your business? Is it a value that you hold as a business? Do you want to make sure that every time you're on for when you don't want to show up and it's seven o'clock at night, can you fall back on that almost muscle memory because you've, gone through your paces so many times how how many times have you handled objections yeah so you don't get caught like a deer in a headlights how many times have you read books on how you actually negotiate because it's not just keep halving the difference until you meet in the middle right <laughs> um yeah there's there's so much i, I mean i i 
uh, watched some highlights literally this morning while we we're driving into work because I wanted to understand what everyone was going to be talking about for the next week. Um, and there was hundreds of people who all had their like a, an incredible role to play. And I, I now do, I now look at the two minutes that I saw this morning and, and like overlay that from there's 4 billion people watching. Yeah. Talk about pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 3,000 military personnel were involved oh in that procession, apparently. And as you quite rightly said, talk about pressure. One of the highlights for me um, was the young men carrying the coffin, the pallbearers. Mm. They had what was... A really pressurized job. Imagine if one of them had got it wrong. And I'd they... love to have seen their heart rate. Oh yeah, they've been up there. They, but the the very small steps, you know, because this coffin is lined with lead. It is not light, mm. and they did not put a foot wrong under high, you know, such a high pressure. But how many times did they practice that? You know, yeah. I I I think they've probably practiced that. Hundreds, if not thousands, of times. Agreed. They, that that was their role, and they would yes. have had something that you know, same shape, same weight, give or yeah, take. Absolutely. And they'd Definitely. have done exactly what they would have done. Definitely. Um, that that is, yeah, three thousand people. That's incredible. If you want to talk about preparation, so friends of mine who live um, out towards Chiswick went and watched the procession as it went out to Windsor Castle yesterday. Yeah. And they were stood there, and there's a there's a video that they put online of um, the Queen's casket being driven past with the you know cavalcade that went along yeah. with it the guy next to them was on a step ladder <laughs> and he had the best view of everybody there you know and he was a older chap probably looked like he was in his late 50s early 60s but he he knew there was going to be crowds and he knew that this was for him a once in a lifetime opportunity to say goodbye so he prepared as best he could right and he got there and he had a ladder so let's think about that for a second you're an estate agent, you go into evaluation, you know they've got two dogs. Take some treats. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. because that'll keep the dogs busy while you're sitting down having an important conversation. Yeah. I used yeah. to walk in and part of my pre-listing kit was uh, like Harcourt's branded coloring in pieces of paper. So if they had kids, they'd, they'd be able to do something for the hour that I was with their parents. So their parents could focus entirely on what we had to get through to make sure they could make the best decision possible, not just for themselves, but hopefully for me as well. So that that level of preparation is what really sets you up for the kind of level of success that you want. And if you're not doing it, then you don't really want the, the success mm-hmm. that you tell yourself that you do. You're just happy to watch a YouTube video and, and be like, geez, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Devil's in the detail, eh? You know, those mm. very, very small things that you talk about there from preparation and also your guy on the stepladder, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, thinking outside the box in mm. the preparation as well, not just preparing as everyone else prepares. Like you said, how many um, of your agents are taking stuff to try and entertain the kids? Because if the kids are entertained, you're going to have a much better uh, conversation with them. So you prepare and then you, what you've practiced is your scripts and, dealing with objections that's where it really comes out but you've got to put the work in first before the meeting to not only you know have the stuff ready to entertain the kids potentially Mm. if that's what if that's what you're going to go down but you've also done the work in objections so that you know that when you've got their full attention you've you've got it rehearsed as you said like the like the um the actors you've got it rehearsed and you know exactly what potential is going to be coming and you deliver it to perfection just like those guys did did yesterday and then when the pressure is on, you don't necessarily feel the pressure because you've done it so many times. Mm-hmm. And it just comes naturally. 
and that that's that's the whole point of that rehearsal, right? You got to accept that the first time you practice anything, you're going to be really bad at it, and it's going to be awkward. Yeah, but the reason why you practice is because it means something to you. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I remember this. Do you, do you remember learning to drive? It was a while ago. Yeah, I remember. I remember learning to drive, and I was so nervous. My left foot literally. <laughs> I'm not left-footed in anything. So trying to have like clutch control, it was just stuttering over yeah. and over and over again. And then one day I went for a drive practicing with my mate's dad. And for whatever reason, he just completely, like the, the, the driving instructor that I was learning to drive with because my mum wouldn't teach me how to drive. She's like, there's no way. I'm going <laughs> to get upset. You're going to get upset. It won't work. So I, I paid myself to get like professional lessons. And then my mate's dad, Greg, took us out and he just took the pressure off. Yeah. You know, he was just like, you're meant to be, like bad at this you've never done it before you're 16 years old just like that's why we're in this like deserted estate and this car's not going to break just have a bit of fun with it and then i would say within an hour it all started to click because suddenly you were just doing the same motions over and over and over again and i can remember real estate wise it was like maybe the fourth or fifth listing i ever won on my own and it was like I, i would always leave the appointments and I'd be relatively happy. They'd be relatively happy. And I'd say like, right, I'll, I'll sort of see you soon, everything like that. And I remember like the fifth time and I'd practiced for two years on the other side of the fence with my old boss, <clears throat> excuse me. So I knew I knew my lines effectively and I knew what I needed to do, but I, I felt that pressure to go and perform because it was now all on me rather than anyone else. And by that sort of fifth time, they were like still smiling and thanking me as we were leaving. And that was when I was like, okay, I've done a pretty good job here. Like, and I never pressured people to like sign then and there, yeah. but you know, yeah. Um, and then I knew all I had to do was keep my promise of following up, make sure I had any questions, you know, leave my thank you card in the letterbox on my way out. So I didn't have to drive back the next day and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think if you can dedicate time every day or, or at the very least every other day, not just once a week, not half an hour for once a week or once a month in a training session to practice. You know, with somebody who shares your values, who it matters to them as much as it does you, because then there won't be any embarrassing. Then that you know, you ever say to somebody, "Do you want to role play?" And if they snicker at you because they think that's a dirty word, they're not the person to practice no, with. No, absolutely not. Right? They don't understand the importance of it. They don't understand that the more you role play, the better schools your kids get to go to, the better mm-hmm. holidays you get to go on. Um, and again, I, I bet you, if somebody said we're gonna we're gonna practice being pool bearers. If if anyone there sneaked they're like that's not the detail for you, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I com- complete, completely agree. And it's something that we definitely, as a business, need to do more of that practice. Mm. I know, I know that we do need to do more of it. It's, I suppose, prioritizing it and making sure that we actually do it because practicing in public is not where you want to be. Imagine if nope. they, they, imagine if they hadn't rehearsed that yesterday and they did, you know, one step wrong, four billion people. All eyes on you, and I know the stakes are very different to what we're talking about, but yeah, the you know the principle is the same. Um, Great. And I don't really want to finish on this one actually, so we're going to have to come up with something else to, to finish. But the other the the final thing that I thought that we could learn as agents from everything that's happened in the, the last ten days is that everyone has people on social media who have been don't like the Royals for whatever reason, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but have been disrespectful uh, over the last. Um, 10, 10 days and I think the one thing that we can learn from that as agents and I've said it in it, within our office over the years as well is haters are going to hate you know no matter what you do 
no matter mm. who you are or how you perform, there's always going to be somebody that you either upset or that becomes upset with you because of their own insecurities. And I think if people are, you know, if, if people feel strongly enough to be disrespectful in this scenario, then there are always going to be people that you upset. There are always going to be people that want to knock you down a peg or two. Do not let them knock you off your road. Do not let them, you know, stop you doing your, your preparation, your practice, and stop you doing what you need to do to be, become a success or, you know, even just to progress, as, as you said, that actually, you know, if you're out there putting videos and you get those negative comments, think how many people see that the positives within that. Don't mm. dwell on the negatives. It's it's a lot easier said than done, I think, because I, I talk about this with the chairman of our business all the time in that a positive piece of feedback for me or a positive comment or success in the business washes off really quickly. Um, and But a negative, I still take to heart. Um, and uh, like I'll... I'll here haters gonna hate i'll hear all that sort of stuff there are always going to be people that will just dislike you for whatever reason particularly in our industry mm. you know, we're not a, yeah. a, a well-loved industry although there are people within our industry that are well-loved because of the work that they do yeah the service they provide etc um you know we had way back in early days matt bulldog said on this show like his definition of world-class agency was when someone said they're my agent yeah um you know so there will be people out there that hate in inverted commas on you but there are going to be people out there that that love you as well. And and like you say, it's only the extremes that will interact. Yeah. So if if you put a video out talking about your local marketplace and you say something that someone desperately agrees with, they're going to say, oh, my God, how good. And the opposite is true. If they cannot fundamentally – and there was a podcast I was listening to yesterday with a, a Rich Roll podcast, and he was talking about social media. And they've identified like keywords that spark outrage. And that's what Facebook and Twitter push because yeah. the algorithms are designed for engagement. And you will only get somebody, I don't know what the opposite of outrage is, but you'll only get somebody commenting if they're outraged or commenting if they're uh, ecstatic, right? Yeah. The middle ground, which is the vast majority of people will just stay silent because yeah. they'll be like, oh yeah, that's cool. I get that. And again, coming back to, you said, let's not finish on this. Well, let's, let's circle back right to the very start of this podcast. If you are consistent and you keep showing up and you prepare, then that vast majority of people in the middle will use you or talk to you or ask you questions when they need to. They'll show up and watch the funeral when it's on, even though they may not have read the Royal headlines every day. Mm. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a staunch royalist, but I, I have a, an affinity for the queen that I can't really explain, Yeah. Um, which I don't share for anyone else in, in that family. And I think that's just because she's been so ever-present through yes. my entire life. Um, and my mum seems to love her for whatever reason. Um, I think she reminds – I think the queen reminded my mum of her mum. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I would have watched that yesterday even though i don't engage with anything else whatsoever uh, and that's the same in our business right so if, if you're thinking about what you can do we've talked about it today you know figure out what people need from you keep delivering that consistently even if you don't feel like doing it because it's important to you and then it will be important to them um, and maybe don't get caught up in the uh, magnanimous praise but also like do what i don't and let the haters wash off you as well 
Yeah, don't get too highs with the highs. Don't get too low with the lows. It's something exactly. that we've talked about. And in within this business, you have good. Yeah, you, you have some good highs. You also have some low lows. So mm. I think that's that. That's really, really key. Um. Well, a nice little tribute, hopefully. Um. Mm. There, something that I've, I felt quite strongly wanted to, wanted to talk about. Um. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. Please share this episode with colleagues and out on social media if you've really enjoyed it. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you again next week.